Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the 42nd episode of Toaster Talk. Uh, it should be another regular episode. We did have Aurajit last time. And if I had asked him 10 times who won the F1 race without him having watched it, he would have got it right. But if he tried that today, for this weekend, he would have got it wrong. Dramatically wrong. We had a Singapore Grand Prix amazing qualifying amazing race i'll let have i'll have our panelists talk about that uh it was for a change something everyone has been waiting for for a long time in terms of seeing pure racing till the end and not being able to put your bets down uh you all know what the outcome is just by looking at the backgrounds of two panelists i'll start off with them uh, Naren and Prashant, welcome aboard. And along with them, we also have Vignesh and Satya. Hey guys, welcome aboard. So without beating around the elephant in the room, Prashant, you want to tell us about the outcome of this weekend? Uh, you're on mute. I know you're excited. Hey. Yeah, I was so excited that I think I did not realize I was on mute. But I just think that probably the results of the Singapore Grand Prix was something even I could not have imagined in the dream. Looked like Ferrari had a bit of difference this weekend of the circuit. So overtaking is a bit challenging. But nonetheless, the results are completely are something which I'm very ecstatic about. Carlos Sainz winning it at a very close margin, the top four or five drivers were within a gap of about five to six seconds when they finished the race. Very cool strategies, very calm and composed to drive by a few people. I, I know there are a lot of questions, but I couldn't have asked for a much better weekend out there. I don't know. Uh, and, and we were just talking, uh, this could have happened a couple of races earlier, but nonetheless, after 308 days, of Red Bull's enthralling uh, complete domination has been brought down to Ferrari and nobody predicted it would be Ferrari, right? They thought it could be Renault or it could be Aston Martin or even Mercedes, but Ferrari being on the top really excites me and, and, and super excited to be on the show. And I don't think even Ferrari was sure that they would be breaking that till the last race, uh, until the last laps. Uh, Naren, you have Kimi Raikkonen on the back. What's the trivia around that? Um, okay, two things. One is obviously, like we discussed, uh, he's the last reigning Ferrari champion, probably in 2007. And uh, my honestly, in my opinion, uh, he's uh, he's the Ferrari driver with uh, um, no. He just picks right off what he's what he has in his mind. So, um, I since it is a community channel, I don't want to use the unparliamentary language. But zero, you know. But yeah, zero beep given. What do you think about the so that, racing weekend? Sorry. What do you? Uh, what are your? What is your take on the uh, racing weekend? Yeah, uh, but uh, in in my opinion, uh, pure classical drive by Carlos Sainz, uh, because I had quickly 
I had uh, in the afternoon a small chat with uh, a colleague of mine who also follows F1, just because I asked him to. And he asked me one brilliant question. See, during the second safety car restart, when everybody pitted for the soft, why didn't Sainz pit? He was on the hard and he continued. So I said, might be my assumption, but it's pure strategy call that uh, he wanted to actually retain his position and try to be the first because he was the first from the starting until the end, which probably seems a fair point. But during the last stint, probably last few laps, you hear Sainz saying that uh, his friends were gone completely gone but he still managed to win the race that shows that if a driver with pure skill has given has the proper conditions he's sure to win the race and carlos says science is an epitome what what of what happened yesterday makes sense he also there was this camaraderie called the carlando camaraderie so <laughs> satya welcome aboard what are your thoughts about the racing weekend if we start to step away from Ferrari for a bit? So, in the current season, current 2023 season, this proves, granted Red Bull have a really good car, but last this race shows how more exciting the race can be if the lead car is not like 30 seconds away in the lead and everyone is just fighting for a second position and back. Also, Yesterday's race, granted, there was not much overtake as such. There were a couple of, there was, it's not like there weren't, but yesterday's race was pure strategy, right? The first, the first 20 laps, they felt boring because everyone was just, you know, sticking behind each other, but it was a pure skill on how do you can win by going slower. It's a, a usual Formula One, you go fast to win, but no, yesterday's race was entirely going slower and winning. The strategy was to make sure that no one had enough time to pit and then come out. I mean, have like a have a two uh, two stop strategy because if anyone had pit, there was a sure short chance they would come out by at the seventeenth place. So by driving slowly, Carlos Sainz ensured that that was that gap was being maintained. Secondly, the second second part of the race, like the last 20, the last 20 laps, pure joy. I mean, you have Mercedes on fresh mediums chasing them down. You have Carlos towards the end. The strategy that he pulled, even Ferrari team was not sure what was happening. You were like, oh my God, Carlos, Lando is having DRS. Carlos like, yeah, I know. That's on purpose. It proves Ferrari themselves don't know what strategy to pull in. It is Carlos being the strategist of the whole team. I mean, that was like a pure comedy moment that I found because Ferrari is like, oh my God, Lando's has, Lando has the DRS and science is chill. I know, I've got this. And purely that part, you had two cars of two different teams helping each other out to win. Your own teammate doesn't help you out. This is Ferrari and McLaren helping each other out, you know, one to win and the other to get the second place podium. Amazing race last yesterday. I agree. Uh, you know, what do you say? Like an enemy of an enemy is a friend. 
But speaking of that, there was a brilliant strategy call from Mercedes really pushed everyone off guard. And if Russell hadn't clipped and that Lando Russell tussle had gone Russell's way, it could have been a very different outcome. Vignesh, what are your thoughts on Mercedes's performance and strategy over the weekend? Yeah, firstly, to all our viewers out there, to just give you a gist of what an exciting race it is, our host today, Vivek, he is on fast. And he is here ensuring the show goes on. So that was the amount of excitement, the drama which the race produced. And to understand the context, right? So understand this. During the first safety car, Mercedes did a double stack. When there was a time during the virtual safety car, Mercedes opted to pit only for the reason that their cars were closer to the pit entry. And they had a gamble. The commentators were telling, Crofty was telling that they are gambling their on-track position to win the race. And it clearly showed the way Hamilton and Russell were charging against the cars in the newly fresh medium tires. It was an absolute, how I say, a magic to watch. I do understand they were pushing to the limits. And this is what we love in Formula 1. That anything can happen at any time. If Russell was just a millimeter apart from that one barrier which was sticking out, he would have got the podium, not Hamilton. And of course, if you see the entire strategy calls what Satya said, Ferrari, they had ensured that okay, science was winning because in one of the team radios, Russell had specifically said they are sacrificing Leclerc for science. And I do believe that was a masterstroke by Ferrari. Because when you know that, okay, two of the cars, you cannot pull it off, right? Get the win from one car. Break the streak. Get back into your groove and ensure that, okay, the second car can also do it. It was just a matter of who plays ahead. If Leclerc was ahead in this case, I for sure say they could have sacrificed science. So that was a master call. Other thing which I wanted to just brush up on was how the quality went. Because more than the race, it was the quality which dictated the race. And Alpha Tori pushing Red Bull out in Q2. And that was magic. And that made the race wonderful like it is. And to give credit, the Red Bull were trying to bring back. But then again, Perez being the king of the street circuit, he tried to go aggressive and that's where... He had a car damage. But yeah, kudos to the Alpha Tori on ensuring that they gave a blinder of a race for all of us to watch. Yeah. Now, you know, I have a different take on this. I mean, yes, granted, qualifier Liam Lawson as a rookie, this is, I think, is just his third race. race and he did brilliantly. But at the same time, I also feel that. Now, there was an impeding session, an impeding event that happened between Yuki Tsunoda and uh, uh, Max Verstappen. And everyone who saw that knew it was supposed to have been a penalty. Yet somehow he gets no penalty at all. There were three three incidents where Max Verstappen was being investigated. One was speeding and there were two impediments. Yet he's cleared of all of them. So somehow I felt the stewards in that one aspect were not... or somehow they were not being strict enough because the same event would have someone else would have definitely been penalized 
I mean, but qualifier aside, Liam Lawson as a rookie with just his third uh, third race drove brilliantly. In fact, he scored points. I mean, that I is know. amazing for a rookie, I mean, especially given a car which is not performing that great. Unfortunately, Yuki Sonoda for the last couple of races, all he's been doing is just visiting the track and then leaving. <laughs> he's not even been finishing one full lap these days. Um, and the other part that uh, Vignesh, you uh, you spoke about, that was with regard uh, that was uh, with regards to the overall you know strategy calls that did happen for um, uh, like Merce- for Mercedes as well as for the Red Bulls. Now this race Red Bull, so we know there is a race directive that has happened because of which they feel that the Red Bulls might have been you know nerfed. But we don't know for sure because Singapore is one track where every single year something crazy happens, irrespective of when it was the Mercedes era or when it is currently. So we need to wait till Japan to see if the new race directives have actually nerfed the Red Bulls or not. Because if it has, then maybe we might get even a closer race, which would actually make it more exciting. Yes, Max Westerman has won this championship. There's no going back on that. But may at least hopefully the remaining races can be most much more exciting. Yeah, and bring back all the viewers that they're losing dramatically. <laughs> That's probably the other reason. O- only, why. only, only the Dutch are enjoying it right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, uh, but on the point that you made earlier about Lawson, right? Uh, so uh, one one thing before that, so you, for I believe for Max Verstappen, Yuki was also called. And he mentioned that he wasn't impeded by that and he had space, which is why he was let let go for that particular impediment uh, requirement. Uh, Lawson, like you said, his third race, he wasn't even mentally prepared to be driving F1 this year, right? He just got called in because of an unfortunate incident. And now he scored points across the people he's replaced. What does it mean for Lawson towards the end of this year and next year? And obviously, it also brings a lot of questions for some of the other players who have been on the field for a while. And Koff, Aston Martin Koff, uh, <laughs> haven't really done that great. I don't know, Prashant and Naren, you want to take a stab at this? Sure. Naren, you want to go I first? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, okay. Uh, Alpha Tauri and Red Bull, uh, even though they're both sister teams, they are good at uh, you know re- sacking sacking a person immediately without any notice and uh, Lawson and Ricardo is probably one among that uh, bubble right now. With only three races, it's very difficult for Alpha Tori at least to say okay, Ricardo will replace uh, or Lawson will replace uh, Ricardo. Probably it will take a few more races uh, for Alpha Tori to decide whether it will be either uh, Ricardo or Lawson for the next year. But in my opinion, uh, if I probably wear Helmet Marco, which I really can't because he's a league of his own, I would still replay have uh, Daniel Ricardo because he brings in a lot of experience coming uh, working with a lot of different constructors. Starting with Red Bull, he was with uh, Renault. And now again back here. So I would still say that uh, 
in my opinion, Ricardo is the best fit for Yuki Sinoda as a teammate. Uh, but only time can tell if um, if uh, we have we have something in the stock. But also coming to the Aston Martin thing, <clears throat> sorry, I had to tell it openly um, that uh, yeah, they are not really performing that well. The performance that they had at the start of the race is not something that uh, they are trying to replicate uh, during the middle season. Uh, probably they'll have to think of the ways of how their strategy worked in uh, probably the first half of the season is the second half and they have to work on it. And even then, only time can tell how they will be performing for the ra- in other races to come in the next race. I mean, when you talk about Alpha Tori and Red Bull, there is also that always that there's been that question mark of the second person in Red Bull. Who's had so a upswing and a low swing? So, so my think, take is yeah. a bit different because I feel Yuki is the one who actually might be in trouble. Considering the fact that, see, as Naren said, Daniel has a proven track record. In fact, the one race that he did jump in, he did he didn't do bad. He was right at the place where Yuki is supposed to be. But since then, Yuki has been a downhill trend while. Liam Lawson has each race, he seems to have been improving. So if he does keep improving, I feel Yuki might actually be in trouble rather than Daniel Ricciardo. Because, I mean, we have to be honest, Yuki has not been performing well. And given the track record of Helmet Marco, if you haven't been performing well for 10 races, you can be thrown out. Yuki has been given like two years and he's still not performing as well as was expected and coming to Austin Martin yeah unless and until Lawrence Stroll is out of that team Lance Stroll is still going to race irrespective of if he's not going to race for the entire season he's still not going to be thrown out of that team unless and until they throw uh, unless and until something drastic happens Lance Stroll is not going to go out of that team irrespective of if he's the last driver in the entire 25 drivers, even if they race and he's the last, he's still going to be part of that team, unfortunately. I guess another interesting aspect that uh, we've noticed in the last two races, at least, is in the previous, in Singapore specifically, uh, teammates, Mercedes, Hamilton, Russell, pushing each other really hard. There was a potential for both uh, racing each other and Hamilton was pushing Russell pretty hard towards the end. If you go a race before to Monza, you had uh, Ferrari's all hands, no bar, uh, fighting it out, right? Uh, is this a trend that we're going to see going forward as there are no clear number ones, uh, which we had all you know discussed in a few me- uh, episodes earlier. We had our specific driver one, driver two that we felt that each of the constructors had. But it looks like as we get into the second half of the season, there seems to be renewed enthusiasm in Ferrari, for example. Sainz seems like if you've just watched, started watching F1 from the second uh, second half of the season, you're probably going to think Sainz is the number one driver. So, you know, Prashant, from your perspective, what's your thought on how the second half of the season has been playing out? Well, definitely, Vivek, what you said is right, right? Second half, Carlos Sainz seems to be a Martian on Earth. 
Uh, he doesn't seem to belong with us. Uh, everybody's asking me, what did he do over the summer? Did he eat something, new regime, new fitness? But that's that's probably Carlos Sainz, right? Meaning it's great form. Coming back to the part which you asked, that's a very interesting observation, correct? Uh, drivers fighting out. very, and, and I completely sync with what you said. Are there number one drivers? Yes, right? Charles, I think, is still the number one driver for Ferrari. Uh, Russell has been given as the number one driver for Mercedes, correct? But if you look at the results, that's not what it's talking about. So the teams are, I guess, are figuring and said, if they keep fighting and keep prioritizing between internal politics and internal dynamics of the team, they're going to lose out points. I think I think Naren or Satya, somebody said that the constructors and the drivers' championship is not a question mark anymore, right? I think everyone knew at the at the middle of the summer itself what's the end of the season results going to be, but what they are looking at is how much of gap can they curtail it down, how much of additional points can they bring it up, and yesterday's race Ferrari, you know, inched a little bit closer to the Mercedes number. They are still in number three in the constructors, but now the gap has reduced. So if they keep having their petty fights, it's going to be a problem for the team. And the last point is that somehow I feel that Charles is going to be on his exit in the next one or two years. I think he's losing the confidence with Ferrari. He came as the number one driver, of course. Win championships, he called it out. But if you look at his body language, it does not show about it, correct? Uh, you look at his interviews, you look at his comments. Yes, he's driving as a Ferrari driver. He wants to win, no doubt about it. But I think that strong confidence in which we started has started to taper down. Doesn't mean to say Carlos is now boasting that I'm going to win it, right? I think Carlos is just excited that my last few races have been great. He's performing well. Points are coming up on the table. So teams are figuring it out. With, with Hamilton's renewals of the contract, uh, Russell and Hamilton will be there. I believe next year, Ferrari also will not change their driver set. Charles and Carlos will be there. But if Carlos performs better, you never know. Uh, the team will be forced to give him the number one official title, official driver title. Uh, but yeah, these fights will happen, right? Uh, I, I think the other question which came up and maybe I'll just pitch in here. I feel there are three other drivers who are in the red alert zone right now. Definitely Perez. Definitely Esteban Ocon. Correct? He's not performed much for Alpine. Gasly at least got a podium finish recently. Correct? And between Sonoda and uh, Daniel, I say none. My opinion is that both are going to stay for the next year and Lawson will be there as the third driver unless he scores massive points in the next six to seven races, which are much higher than Yuki, right? So I think it's a combination of many things to happen, uh, exciting times, and we will only see how the contract renewals and how the team distance will play, maybe maybe by you know Japan and a subsequent other races. I think by the time we hit uh, Abu Dhabi, we will all know what's going to be the next season strategy. Yeah. The other interesting thing I noticed was a cool down room. It was one of the quietest cool down room sessions that I've ever <laughs> seen. I get it. Like Carlos and Lando don't have too much experience in that room. So that could be one of the reasons. But there was someone in that room who was probably for the 196th time 
been in that room, right? Uh, Vignesh is towards you. Do you think Hamilton will get to his 200 milestone within the season? Yeah, uh, so one thing is that, okay, if you see the next few tracks, right, you have Japan, you have USA, two, two races in USA, then you have one in Mexico, one in Brazil, and then you again come to the Middle East. And if you see a few of these tracks have been termed as Mercedes favorite, like Mexico, like Brazil. So in that way, and Hamilton has a good record in Brazil. So in that way, you can see that okay, he might get a podium or sort if there is no like rains or uh, crashes which create a havoc. Um, in that way, I would say he can get the 200. This time, as you said about the cool down road, right? It, see, you understand that Hamilton got a podium after around what, eight, nine races? Last time, I think so, in the first or the second, first, second or third race, he had got a podium. So, that's the latest or that's the earliest he has got. So it takes time to sink in. Being a seven-time world Formula One world champion and then you have such a big break coming, being away from the podium, right? When you get that one final break, it takes time to sink in. Yes, I'm finally back. The team is back on form and let's aim for it. And that's what Hamilton also conveyed it. That, okay, we are striving hard. I am there the extension was there to ensure that, okay, he again gets his podium. He again gets his title. The main reason he sticks with Mercedes is because of his eighth title. And that's what Mercedes are there. They are striving it. They have shown improvement. And it clearly shows that, okay, it's in the right direction. Talking about the other teams, because we have a um, discussion on the number one and the number two drivers. I would see one thing which was completely brushed under the carpet, this race was Guanoju getting renewed. And it mm. was completely brushed out of the carpet. Now, understand this. Valtteri Bottas had a contract till 24. But then they have specifically said that, okay, we have announced it. There is no extension for Valtteri. And so on and so forth. It Somewhere it shows that, okay, is the Alfa Romeo losing faith in Valtteri? Would be my question now. And secondly... You see, now now you understand that for Mercedes, both their drivers have been given a contract till 25, which means they can be free to race. And that's what was seen visible for the Mercedes. For Ferrari, both the drivers need to show that, okay, they are have the best talents on the grid and Ferrari need to retain them. And that's how you see that, okay, now considering the new renewal seasons are going to come, right? Every driver will be fighting for that seat. One leniency and you know that your seat on the top team is gone. The seats are dwindling. Ferraris have their things sorted. Mercedes have their things sorted. Probably Red Bull. They, there are rumors of them going with Lando Norris and other things trying to poach in Norris instead of Perez. You never know considering the performance which Perez is giving. He might be out, outstead from the team pretty soon. So, Every driver wants to be on the top step and that thing is dwindling. So everyone has to show their potential. Probably as Prashant said, Leclerc not feeling that good in Ferrari might be a golden opportunity for Red Bull to capitalize. Bring him in and show him that, okay, he is a championship material. Because Max, as based on his few interviews before, uh, a few races before, he said, if the race is going to become boring, I'm not going to be in 
there in F1 after 2025, which means Red Bull now has a 2025 target to ensure that okay they have their second driver who can back up the team over the long run, and Leclerc might fit that. That's why they were uh, there were rumors of Lando Norris trying to build the team again. So this is where you could now see every driver pushing their limits to just show the top team that yeah they deserve a seat. Makes sense. Slight correction, as Satya mentioned, the uh, British Grand Prix was where he was up. Uh, <clears throat> but getting back to one thing, like all the drivers who were on the podium in Singapore Grand Prix, obviously well deserved. A lot of hard work on their end, strategy. But there was also one more thing. Uh, we say lady luck in general. This thing, but there's something called the Nico curse. Can one of you tell our viewers what is the Nico curse? And why should Nico be thanked? I'll let either Vignesh or somebody answer because it's okay. directly related to Ferrari. So I'll refrain from talking about it. <laughs> okay. So this year, this season, over the past few races, there has been a trend where whenever Nico Rosberg, a uh, one-time Formula One world champion with Mercedes, whenever he is currently the Sky Sports F1 commentator, also whenever he visits a paddock takes a selfie or puts any caption in his Twitter, Instagram, formerly now called as X. He puts it and it becomes a curse. And it has been a thing which has been going on for the past few races. Last race, when they were asking about the Monza curse, and he said, just I just put a selfie stating Forza Monza just to support Ferrari. And it was a horrible race for the Ferrari. And that's when his fellow commentators asked, like, okay, will you try to put a selfie with Westerpen or just put a thing that, okay, Singapore, all the best Westerpen and will it work? And he said, I I would not like to because it's it's going to de destroy the achievement of that person. But yeah, I will surely try. And that this was his perfect sense and I will do it. And that's what he did. If you go to Twitter, you if you go to his Instagram handle, you will you see that there is a selfie of him with the Red Bull garage. Although, now there has been restrictions altogether, just there's no Rosberg pictures, no entry to Rosberg. But a phone is a phone. You can stand around like about uh, 250 meters away from the garage, take a selfie just with the name boots and then yeah, the curse can also take place. And that's what he did. He has taken a photo with the Red Bull garage which led to the Red Bull Losing I, think Vic, I think Vignesh, if, oh. he's, if he's there, say, limit of the 250 meters, right? So if Max is going to win, Max is supposed to win, he'll get a third place podium. Because now the curse is gone 250 meters away. You know, there's a distance which is created. Remember oh. the Lakshman Reke logic like that. He's not, no, Nico Rosberg curse is so powerful. It's not restricted just to racing. He, when France was playing against uh, Monaco, he took a selfie of that saying, I support Monaco. Monaco lost that match. So he is not restricted to racing. His yeah. curse is to but, any selfie. But, but, if you, but if you think about the logic there, Satya, right? Meaning, I'll just being the devil's advocate, right? You know, France is a world champion team. Monaco is a very upcoming team. So the results, even if France puts up their tier three team, the chances of they beating Monaco is much higher. No, but, but I, I still uh, get the pun. I still get the pun. No, no but still then, yeah, right? Yeah, the point is that the conversation for another yeah. toaster talk, uh, toast network, but, uh, yeah. football show. 
Yeah, but see, uh, we should, we should, then we should call Nico Rosberg into the upcoming hmm. ICC World Cup, right? And I'm slightly digressing. And <laughs> if India reaches the finals, we should ask Nico Rosberg to take a picture with who are the opposition team of India and see if India wins. Yes. Probably it should work. But uh, the point which I wanted to tell is that, okay, as Satya said, it's not only restricted to racing, but it goes over and above the drivers. Understand this. Last time he put a selfie with Forza Ferrari and he broke the Monza curse. A Monza curse which has been there for four years. Nico Rosberg's curse was able to overrule that. So that's the power of the Nico Rosberg curse. With that superstition in sports go back a long way. Uh, clearly two negatives can make a positive at least for someone if not for anyone else. But as we look to wrap up today's show after an exciting weekend which F1 fans have been waiting for since the start of 2023 to see a race where the winner is decided in literally the last lap. It's been a while since that happened. Uh, 2021 Abu Dhabi brings back memories. Bad for some, happy for others, but uh, I think the fact that till the end people were like, it could be McLaren, could be Ferrari, could be Mercedes. And Red Bull wasn't anywhere in the picture. Just shows how close the racing can get and how much more exciting it can. Will this carry over to Suzuki? We don't know. We hope so. But the overall championship season, if we ask Arijit who's going to win, he'll still probably get it right. <laughs> but True. with that, once again, I want to thank all our finalists for... Uh, sorry, Suzuka and not Suzuki. Uh, I want to thank all our panelists for being on the show today. Uh, want to thank Carlos Sainz for getting on our panelists onto the show. This first time everyone was like super excited that we want to do this, uh, just because of the amount of excitement that the race brought about and at every stage of it and how it played around across constructors. Uh, Ferrari has got some life back, and we saw that how they really truly celebrated the win at. Uh, Singapore, hoping for many more celebrations from the various other teams that we have seen. With that, once again, thank you to our, all our panelists, to all our viewers. Please chime in with your comments on what did you like about the race? What would you want to hear more about? And yeah, please tell your friends to share, subscribe and like the channel, whether you're listening to us on Spotify or watching us on YouTube. With that, good night. Thanks a lot once again to all our panelists. Thank you.